0: This is Dice and Shoe BX, the podcast episode 199 for the week of November 29th, 2009. Hey, hey, welcome to Dies and Chew EX. The
1: podcast.
0: The podcast and extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dyes and Chew EX. Forgive my weird dialogue as I take my headphones off because I realize I don't need them. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening.
1: And a little bit of song and
0: dance. Song and dance again? You did a little song at the beginning of last episode. I did? Yes. Oh. I know,
1: but you don't listen to the show, so you don't remember these things. Right, I don't remember the stupid crap I do from <laughs> week to week. I try and purge it from my memory. I don't blame you. Hey, Mary. Hi, Mike. Uh, it's you and I again for the non-topical portions of the show. Right. I have nothing valuable to
0: contribute to today's topic, I'm afraid. That's fine. We bring in people and we'll talk about that. Mary, it is the day, supposedly, that the show is coming out. Uh, it's a fantastic holiday weekend going on. Things oh, yeah. are busy. I know Julian had his Thanksgiving. What was it called? Like Labor Thanksgiving Day?
1: Thanksgiving Labor
0: Day or Labor
1: Thanksgiving Day? <laughs>
0: Something like that over in Japan. I think it was earlier this week, Monday? Yeah, so. I think so. don't quite remember. So uh, we've been all over the place in terms of scheduling and who's available when. So for the non-topic portion, like I said, it will be Mary over here. Hiya. And myself. My name is Mike, Vigito EX. The two of us will be coordinating this circus of
1: a show. Mary. Uh Uh-huh. 199. You're right. That was a lot of nines. Can you believe we made it this far? How many years has it been? Uh, I believe it was
0: November 05 when I randomly decided, hey, Julian, let's talk into microphones for a little bit and start this show. Wow.
1: Two hundred, Nearly 200 episodes later, here we are, and we're going to do shenanigans next week.
0: We are. Let's talk about what's going on next week. It's strange to start off the show by talking about ourselves instead of the franchise we're here to talk about anyway, but we'll allow ourselves this little bit here. We are having a little celebration next week. Uh, For 200 episodes. Crazy. I I cannot get over that. I'm sorry if it sounds a little weird, but it's genuine. I can't get over that we've gone this long talking about the show week in and week out.
1: Especially with so many review episodes in a row. Oh, God. That just shows uh, that Dragon Ball is still relevant today. It's relevant
0: to the market of selling terrible things to people who continue to buy them oh snap i I think that says something about me as much as it says something about the companies anyway mary next week we're having a little shindig up in new brunswick new jersey uh episode 200 will already be recorded at that point so we're just going to get together going to have a little meetup uh meet friends of the show listeners of the show some of us that are on the show We're all going to get together, just have a good time. The details are linked on the website, on our Facebook page, which I really need to stop neglecting as much as I do, because it has over 400 fans on it right now, which is more than the Dicey X Twitter does. So I see where the people are. I will pay attention to the Facebook more than I do the Twitter. I I think they both
1: have their audiences, though. They do. Twitter Twitter has a different purpose.
0: Mm -hmm. So check out the pages there. It's going to be at Sapporo in New Brunswick. I forget what street it is. Just get off the train and walk straight for a little bit, and you're there. Uh, I'm Mary. What do you want to say? 5 p.m.?
1: Uh, yeah, it sounds
0: reasonable to me. Let's go with that. We're gonna meet up at 5 p.m. Uh, a couple of us will probably already be there ahead of time, just getting things roped off or whatever the hell we're doing inside. Uh, come join us. I guess we'll just stay until we're done. Really, we'll eat until our hearts stop. <laughs> we'll eat till our hearts stop, and maybe we'll end up coming to a different bar afterward. I have no idea whatsoever. I'm really looking forward to it. We get some out of town friends coming in. We're just gonna. To have a good time and celebrate the fact that we are all here to talk about and enjoy Dragon Ball together. And I'm going to say it again at the end of the show, but that's what episode 200 is going to be about. It's going to be about community because we've gone this long talking about it on the podcast, on our forum, through our website. There's just so many people from so many different countries coming together. This isn't just the US, we're talking Australia, Spain, Italy, Germany, Japan, uh, Brazil, they're coming out of the woodwork there, Portugal, Chile, people all over the world. Many of them speak English better than the people here in North America, and that's a little frightening. But we all get together to talk about Dragon Ball. We're going to talk about community on episode 200. I think that's pretty fitting. So that's the uh, next week's stuff out of the way. Mary, let's talk about this episode right here.
1: All right. Well, we've got some news. We've got a review of Attack of the Saiyans. Uh, it's a near-final review with Ken Damu from the forums, also known as Josh. Yeah,
0: I say near-final on that because I'm not quite done with the game. I'm closing in on the ending. I'll be saving my final thoughts for the written review up on the site. But look forward to that. Remember, you have
1: not played it. Right. Do you and have any interest at all? No. Okay, why is that? I, I don't know. I'm burned out on games in general lately. Do you enjoy the
0: kind of standard Japanese RPG in the first I don't place? even know
1: what that really means. You never played Final
0: Fantasy. I mean, I actually I played got Final to Fantasy play VII, and that's it. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think you ever have played through a JRPG before in your life.
1: Uh, Nope. Okay, so very foreign to you, sort of. Exactly. In more ways than one.
0: Uh after the review we've got a pretty slow releases schedule for December but we'll cover them anyway. And uh we got a couple of emails before we get in to what little news is there uh, Last bit of housekeeping The written review of the Dragon Box Indeed went up with the podcast last week I wasn't entirely sure if I would meet my deadlines But it's there, be sure to check it out And contests This is a website thing, it's a podcast thing We're giving away Raging Blast on the PS3 And a copy of Funimation's new Dragon Box Check it out on the site We will give you all the details at the end of this here episode Mary, that is all the meta stuff Let's do some news This is a little bit of sad news that came out. Uh, the date on the article here on Dallas Observer is Monday, November twenty third. I think that's pretty sad because if you're going through here, it says this happened back on the tenth. Hmm. It took so long for this to, I don't know, just get out there to uh, the press and fans, I suppose. Chris Rager, who plays Mr. Satan in Funimation's dub, uh, was involved in. It's difficult to tell from the article here. It says that he was in a car with his wife and they ran out of gas. And then he got out, and it's not clear if he was hit by a car or fell off something, but he's been in the hospital and not doing too well. Uh, It looks like he is picking up a little bit there. His lung is working on its own accord, which is uh, good news.
1: Yeah, not... not (sighs) good there. That's scary. It's actually the mystery surrounding this is kind of reminding me of the Tiger Woods story that's going on right now. Oh, I just briefly saw that, yeah. It's like, what's up these weird, like, car incidents? And there's, like, no details surrounding them. So strange. Anyway, Chris is also a member of, I think this
0: is the Section 8 Comedy Troupe. A lot of Funimation's voice actors have Obviously, other jobs, voice acting, usually can't be someone's primary gig. So he's involved with in this as well. It looks like they've been doing some uh, benefit shows down there in Texas. I think one was this last Friday. So hopefully a bunch of people get out there and uh, help support him. So here's hoping Chris comes home
1: soon. Oh, right. We've got some pretty new cover art. Two of them actually in release dates. Uh, Dragon Ball Season 3 will be coming out on February 2nd. 2010. We've also got DBZ Dragon Box 2, woohoo! Coming out on February 16th, 2010. Uh The Dragon Box cover is a, a stocky looking Vegeta looking sneaky. And uh, the Dragon Ball one is Roshi looking Butch.
0: Yes, that's the news. This cover art and release dates.
1: I like drawings.
0: All right, last bit of stuff we have for you here. Uh, on our forum, Sukento actually posted this up, and there's more to it than originally was listed. Amazon is selling a whole bunch of Dragon Ball games on the super cheap right now. I think at least one of them went back up, and that was Raging Blast for the PS3. But here's a rundown of all the games you can get for super cheap on Amazon right now. Dragon Ball Origins, which was Dragon Ball DS in Japan, that's 13.44. It's a good price there. Harukanoru Densetsu, for, also for uh, DS is 14 then the game we're reviewing this episode, Attack of the Science, is nineteen ninety-eight. Infinite World over on the PS2 is at a low $12.95. Good price there. Raging Blast on the 360 is down to $32.98. So if you're 360 only, you can get that on the cheap. And then Revenge of King Piccolo on the Wii, which we reviewed on the podcast and site a couple weeks back, $29.98. Hey, Amazon, Mary, we've been paying attention to Amazon. Sales. Yes. They've been having some great stuff mm-hmm. the last week or so. Absolutely. So if you're behind... On any Dragon Ball games, absolutely go pick them up. I looked at one other one. It's not on sale. It's the price of it now, but they still have Advanced Adventure in stock for $19.99. That's a great game. If you don't have that on GBA, absolutely go pick that up. Wow, that's the uh, exciting news for (laughs) episode 199 there. Mary, we're going to say goodbye to you for a little bit. So long, farewell. You're going to come back and join us when we hit the releases. You know, we've had all sorts of different people on the show before, but I am looking to pull entirely new people into the mix because I am sick of talking to all my old friends. It's time to make (laughs) new friends here. So joining me to talk about Attack of the Saiyans or Saiyajin Raishu, whatever you want to call it. uh, I'm going to call you Josh, but tell us who you are in our little fun community.
2: Uh, I'm Kendamu on the forums. I'm a big Dragon Ball fan, and I don't really contribute much of anything. (laughs) But I'm looking to change that, it seems.
0: Excellent. Uh, The reason I've pulled you on is one I know you were very, very excited about picking up this game. Also, you've beaten it, so you're ahead of me in the game right now. Woohoo. But I want to learn a little bit more about you before we uh, start talking about the game itself. You're very, very big into martial arts, am I correct?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball is, like, one of the inspirations for me to continue training.
0: What kind of stuff do you do?
2: Oh, uh, right now Uh, I train uh, under a guy who's part of uh, two groups called Martial Concepts and another one the U.S. Hopkido Federation Uh, Martial Concepts uh, deals a lot with uh, self-defense and with MMA kind of stuff and U.S. Hopkido Federation is Pretty much, uh, the kind of Hapkido that all the Koreans hate. Uh, (laughs) Hapkido is a Korean martial art and, you know, they're very traditional about it and Uh ours is a little more, we kind of mix it up. So, you know, that's what I'm into. Uh, I also, uh, I started out with, uh, karate way back when i was a kid and i still try and keep up with that but nowadays it's mostly some of the stuff you would see in like self-defense classes and mma gyms and stuff like that
0: Gotcha. you said dragon ball was the catalyst for wanting to join up and partake in that
2: it was one of the things that kept me going uh it was actually uh, when i was really little it was the uh Ninja Turtles that got me inspired oh, to Oh, that's right.
0: I forgot. You're a big Turtles fan, too.
2: Yeah, but uh, Dragon Ball, like, uh, around the time, like, a little bit after, you know, Turtles stopped being on TV, that's when I found
0: Dragon Ball. and right. Oh, I forget. There was, like, a, a really good transition period between, you know, our 80s cartoon and Dragon Ball.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially especially with uh when, like, the dub came over and everything. It was probably, like, maybe, like, a year apart. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball Z came over in 96, right? Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, and, like, Ninja Turtles ended in, like, 95. Oh, so man. Pretty close, so it, it kept me interested. Very cool.
0: Alright, let's uh, talk about this game a little bit. I've already done Raging Blast and Revenge of King Piccolo, and I think I did Evolution finally earlier this year. It's the fourth game we have, and this is an interesting case. Before we get into uh, the meat and potatoes, I guess I should give some back history on what this is. So what we have here in the U.S. as Attack of the Saiyans, or Saiyans, whatever you want to call it, on the DS, this was originally announced back in December 08 in V-Jump as Dragon Ball Z Story, Saiyajin Raishu, or Invasion of the Saiyans, or Saiyan Invasion, whatever you want to call it there. It was going to run from the 23rd Tenka Budokai through the end of the Saiyajin, arc, uh, and it was set to come out in spring 2009 in Japan. Now, in the meantime, Kai happened. <laughs> I didn't think. Uh, next we heard of this game in February 09. It was actually renamed Dragon Ball Kai, Saiyajin Raishu. It was going to be coming out on May 21st. And it did, and we didn't get anything here until just now, November 10th, over here in North America. Funny thing is, it's been renamed back to Dragon Ball Z for the domestic audiences here. Uh, the kind of game it is, it's a pretty traditional Japanese RPG. i Describe it as something like a Final Fantasy Light kind of game. It's turn based, you have stats, there are status ailments, you have technique upgrades. If you've ever played anything like a Final Fantasy or a Dragon Quest, even Pokemon, really, it's going to feel pretty familiar. Do you have, Josh, any kind of familiarity with these kind of games or is this the first one for you?
2: RPG-wise, uh, I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, never was a big Final Fantasy fan in general. I've played some RPGs, but generally when it comes to stuff that might even be close to RPGs, I'm more of like a Legend of Zelda or Shadow of the Colossus kind of guy.
0: Okay, so you're more action RPG.
2: Yeah, it, they take less time and keep my attention <laughs> better. Gotcha.
0: Were you able to jump into this pretty easily? I mean, it's attack, item, defend
2: yeah yeah actually uh, easier than uh, I thought I was going to I mean I saw some of the Japanese clips and you know looking at the little menu thing I was just kind of like hmm is, is this going to be easy and then after I got it I was looking at the instruction booklet and it was talking about distributing points and stuff yeah. which I've never had to do before and I was like right. Uh, You know, but actually it was pretty easy.
0: No, the distributing points, that's a funny thing. Uh, I'm the kind of guy who does not read the instruction manual at all. So I just pop in the game and start playing. And I think it was probably a good maybe five hours in before I realized, oh, I'm gaining AP. I can upgrade, you know, my health or my special attacks and stuff. You know, as soon as you do that, the game starts becoming a lot easier.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's uh actually uh, a little too easy if you sit and grind. But, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like distributing and everything. Thing, you know it definitely makes things a lot easier you know you don't have to rely on you know what everyone's exactly good at.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one thing that makes it quite different from maybe something like Final Fantasy, where you're very used to using All right, that's a machine, I'll use lightning-based attacks. That's in here, and there is a little bit of that, but all the characters themselves don't really have I don't know, any way of using elemental attacks other than items. So, did you find that you basically just used the standard physical attacks until you took on a boss, and then you just kind of spam your supers?
2: Yeah, basically that's what I did. Uh, Essentially, uh, I just use the basic physical attack sometimes i use some combos if i was bored and felt like watching something cool happen right but in general i just kind of when it came up to a boss i just you know spam my uh combos uh built up my rage meter and did one of those like really cool like ganging up on them kind of
0: sparking combo things. Right, right. Yeah, that's how I've been playing the whole time. All right, we'll come back to the gameplay. I do want to focus on some other stuff too, even though gameplay is the most important. Kind of want to leave it off with that and tease you and then come back around to it. Talk about (laughs) the presentation of the game, the video and the audio. Uh, you actually played the game up before me, and I was incredibly excited. Uh, you confirmed for me that it is Japanese voices only in this game.
2: Oh yeah, I was really excited about that. I was I was wondering, and then there was some videos that went up uh, before the game came out that had you know English text and everything, but the voices were still Japanese. And I'm just kind of like. Please be lazy. Please be lazy. (laughs) Don't dub this. Right, Right. And then I put the game in and music starts. Okay. Same music. Hit start. And I hear some Japanese. I'm like, Ooh, This is great. That was something I was really excited about.
0: I was too. And you know, handheld games, sometimes you play with the audio, sometimes you don't. I try to make it a point to turn it up or pop in some headphones, but a lot of the time I will turn it down. So it doesn't make too much of a difference. But I guess for folks like us, it's kind of a bonus to hear Masako Nozawa and Mayumi Tanaka kind of belting out their I kind of, I don't know, what do you want to call the stuff that they do. There's a word for that, right? It's a Kiai?
2: Yeah, The Kiai. Gotcha. Uh, Their shouts and stuff.
0: Um, How about that music, though? Is any tunes in here sticking out for you? Did you play with uh, the music on a lot?
2: I played with the volume up enough to listen to the music and everything. Uh, Let's see, the peel-off castle music uh, reminded me of, I think it was like an NES Dragon Ball game or something. Hmm. Um, And uh, the uh, battle music itself, like the general battle music, I really liked that. And it kind of reminded me of uh, something from like, the uh, SNES Dragon Ball fighting games, uh, just just vaguely. But in general, uh, I don't know, the music seemed pretty good for the levels that you were, uh, like, as you go into specific areas and they have a context as to why you're there, the music was good for that.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Nothing is terribly jumping out at me. There's a couple here and there. Uh, right now I'm in the Devil's Toilet area. I think it's got some neat music to it. There was an ice palace I was in earlier. I think that was in Yunzabit Heights. Uh, I thought it was actually really, really mellow and kind of haunting sounding at the same time. That was probably one of my uh jump out songs that I was uh, really digging. But overall, it just feels kind of alright, it, it's handheld music, but I'll, I'll agree with you. A lot of it felt very 16-bit, kind of the old Kenji Yamamoto music we're used to. There's one song, I can't remember what it is, but it reminded me so much of a tune from Legends. Uh, I wish I remembered what it was off the top of my head, but you can definitely feel the influence in there, I think.
2: Yeah, oh, actually now that I think about it, uh, there was this one area, it's uh, like a crystal kind of place. Um, I think it's up like on the north end of the map i can't remember what it's called right now uh but it had uh some very piano kind of music maybe with, that's uh, what i was thinking of yeah yeah it had like some piano kind of music and then like some uh like violin kind of stuff started kicking it was very not really haunting it was more like uh, it actually established like a kind of a wow you know kind of feeling as to like your surroundings and stuff
0: right that's what i like about it is it's it's setting up all these places that we know pretty well i mean we've been down to hell we've seen Enma's place before and mount paozu and that kind of stuff. Although we do get some new locations. I was mentioning Yunzabit Heights before. We visited there once to see Kami's spaceship, but you spend a lot more time in these places. I think you do that a lot in the handheld games. Did you play much of the Legacy of Goku games at all? You said you're an action RPG kind of guy.
2: I played the first one uh, a long time ago when it first came out. Uh, It was pretty decent, but after Supersonic Warriors came out, I just kind of said, this is my Dragon Ball Game Boy game.
0: So. <laughs> That's funny, because I did not play the first Legacy of Goku, and I only just this week got in my own personal copy of the first Supersonic Warriors. The thing I wanted to mention is, uh, on the, all the Legacy of Goku games, there was the same kind of thing where I felt you spent more time in these locations than you saw in the actual series. And even though those were American-made, and this is Japanese-made, I think Handheld feels like a good place to kind of explore these locales a little more than we got to see otherwise.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um there was uh, there was a lot of nice little throwbacks and stuff like that you know like when you were saying commie spaceship you know uh, seeing that as I was walking along, it was just kind of like, oh, cool, Call yeah. spaceship You know, yeah. I walked over and I tried to interact with it and stuff, and it was like, hey, yeah, it's a thing. You know, <laughs> you're not supposed to know what this is yet, know right. You've watched this a billion times, but you know, it there was a nice, there was a lot of nice little things in there. Like you could go to Goku's house, you know, you could go to Muscle Tower, all that.
0: Right. Let's talk about that. It's pretty self aware in a lot of places, including some fantastic references. There's a ghost in Baba's place uh, above her. I think you go up to it and when you talk to it it says it's a secret to everyone and gives you free money which is the most amazing <sighs> Zelda joke that they could have pulled in
2: <laughs> oh wow I, I don't even I don't even know if I noticed that oh you, know, you I,
0: have to go do that and then after you go back to him I think he says I don't have anything left to give you or something like that but <laughs> there's some pretty funny self-aware dialogue where again very similar to Zelda uh, almost Link's Awakening where the kids would tell you how to save and then say I don't know what that means they'll be Things in this game where they'll say something and then it'll just go dot 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 just kidding as if it's from a narrator's perspective just kind of messing with you all along the way.
2: It's very standard RPG-ish kind of stuff, I think, you know. I mean, right. at least it's, you know, better than, welcome to East City. <laughs>
0: welcome
2: to East City. Welcome to East City. Right,
0: everyone's got something funny to say. They're, they're only a little one-line NPC, but at least they have some kind of character to them. Exactly. How about the uh, graphics work overall? I mean, we're playing on the DS, so we have some room to throw in some extra special effects and that kind of stuff. Overall, to me, I'm pretty happy with how colorful the game is and it's, I don't know, it's exactly what i want out of a dsrpg i guess
2: yeah the uh the maps uh actually uh you know they look better than your standard i mean even though like a lot of the stuff that i saw in this you know seemed like your 16-bit era kind of stuff yeah the maps themselves look something a little more playstation era to me yeah, you know and yeah. i thought that was i thought that was pretty neat so uh you know just playing around here. Uh, I really like the graphics in this game. I mean, they're colorful, they're detailed, but they're not too far thrown out of, like, that 16-bit era that, you know, I would be into playing RPGs and stuff like that. You know, it's not like they tried to, like, make everything 3D or something, and it come off looking all Nintendo
0: 64. Yeah, I think you nailed the time frame reference, where it'd be kind of early 32-bit RPGs, where they're still doing 16-bit style, but throwing some extra stuff on top of it, which makes sense for what the DS is. I think that's a, a good place for it. Exactly. Any extra special things jump out at you about, I I guess, just the graphics in general? Something that I ran into problems with were those backgrounds. As much as I love them and as detailed as they were, there were a couple instances, very, very rare, but it did happen, where I couldn't actually tell where I could go on the map. I think the first time when I was uh, venturing out to get Yamcha back on the team, I I couldn't figure out which way to walk, and that was just due to the way that the walkways were shaded or something like that. Like
2: that. Um, there have been a couple of times where I'd like walk into a wall thinking it's like a door or something, <laughs> yeah, like thing. a like a ca- like a cave door. In general, like the only thing that I think uh, they could have done with is you know how in uh, bringing up uh, Final Fantasy 7 again, you know how if you hit select, it'll show like where all your little doorways are and stuff yeah, with a little yeah. red triangle. Like it would be nice if they had that because you know I make use of I made use of that greatly. You know that I, I probably had that turned on like the whole game when I played that. And uh, in general. Uh, going through an area the first time, yeah, I would have a couple of those problems, and it'd just be kind of like, oh derp. You know, after getting used, after going through the area once or twice, you know, it was pretty easy to navigate everything.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I guess let's take it back over to some gameplay stuff because that's the majority of the conversation I think we're gonna have, and we should uh, get negative right off the bat here with all the emoting going on in this game. Oh yeah. And, and the problem is not that they're doing it; it's that it takes two to three seconds after they do it, before their next bit of dialogue comes up.
2: Yeah, and it seems like they do it with every single line, too. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, someone starts to exclaim something, you see, uh, you know, uh, exclamation point, a couple of seconds pass, and then you see the line and who's talking and everything, and then, you know, someone else asks a question, you see a question mark above their head, and a couple seconds go by, and, uh, oh, man, it was just a little too slow, you know, considering that I know the story already.
0: (laughs) I think that's what's killing a lot of us right now, is we just got in the Dragon Box, so we're watching those episodes, we're playing those episodes in the game, so we know what the next line of dialogue is. And you can skip some stuff if you press start, but even when you change the dialogue speed to fast, you still have to wait for those stupid exclamation points and ellipses and everything else to pass. It just takes forever to get through conversations.
2: Yeah, Definitely. Uh, That's probably really the only big downside. Because, in general, uh, like the way I saw it was, you know, someone would have a little emote above their head and then it would show a picture of them, their name, and what they're saying. And, you know, and then like someone else would have another emote and then it would have their picture, their name, and what they're saying. And it's just like, I can tell who the sprites are and their pictures, you know. The little bald guy is probably the, you know, picture of the bald guy, you know, the guy with the, uh, with the hair that goes in two different directions that you can never realistically make, you know, probably is that guy when they show his picture, you know, Goku and Kirin. So, you know, that was probably the only thing that really irked me. I mean, the fact that you could set the message speed to fast, uh, really made up for it, but at the same time, those emotes,
0: man... (laughs) I wish you could just... I don't know. I just wanted the dialogue to come up at the same time as they were emoting. I think that would have worked just as well. And it's just how many delays there are that kills it. it it's not terrible thing but i mean once you sink 15 20 hours into the game you think god this could have been cut in half just by how often i had to wait to press a
2: right like the emotes i mean the, the way with what you just said uh, the emotes themselves uh, if it happened every once in a while like uh cheating uh, piccolo and gohan are all standing around and then you know vegeta and napa show up and then you know oh there's the exclamation point wait a couple seconds, then it says, oh no, they're here, you know, right then, you know, that'd be fine. But I don't know. It's just, every single line. <laughs> you know, that that's what got me.
0: Yeah, Let's talk about the world to explore in the gameplay. Something that was killing me a lot is that it very rarely opens up for you to explore this world. In fact, there's really no reason or even an ability to, due to your strength, until you're collecting these Dragon Balls before Nappa and Vegeta arrive. I found that even when I had access to the map, I couldn't really go anywhere because I was 20 or 30 levels too weak to do it, and there was just never any reason or time to go exploring, which maybe what you want, which is a little bit more linear of an adventure, but I don't know, I think RPG, and I see this great world map, I kind of want to go exploring every once in a while.
2: The thing is, with uh, with that was, you know, I did a little bit too much grinding, because I don't play RPGs all that often, so I didn't realize, you know, how easy it would be to get through some of these areas, so I was actually stronger than I was supposed to be a lot of the time, right. and I could have easily gone and explored these places, and I understand, you know, it's an RPG, it'll wait for you, but But at the same time, I was trying to kind of, you know, keep myself keep my head in the game, you know, and like not ruin the illusion here. And so every time they sent me off to do something, it felt like it was imperative. So, you know, I didn't want to go explore. I wanted to go, you know, save Chiaotzu or something. So, uh, so I really didn't do a whole lot of exploring until uh, after, uh, after you started to go get the Dragon Balls and all that.
0: You know, I actually agree with you there. I did feel a lot of that. Oh, this is so imperative. I have to go do this mission right now. And then the other side of me would be yelling at me going, Ah, let's, there's a cave over there. There's an extra place you can go to. I think the only time it really bit me on the ass, I think, is when you are going, again, to bring Yamcha back onto the team. Uh, you're going around Mount Paozu, and as you're going, you can take a right, and there's a sign that says, there's treasure over here, beware. You can take a left to go get him. I did take that right the first time, and the monsters there were so abnormally strong. It was the only time I've died in the game so far. So, you can be punished, <laughs> if you, even if you are grinding way too much, if you uh, head off in the wrong direction direction.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the first time I came across that uh I mean even though I was grinding way too much I still, you know, took that warning which was just kind of like, eh, I'm going to go get yamcha
0: instead. I'll come <laughs> back here later." so you pay attention to the games. I do no such thing. I want to, you know, spit in its face and try to break it and go do extra stuff.
2: Yeah, I uh I don't really try and go break games until after uh I've done everything else. You know, I'm all like, "Okay, how can I extend the life of this this file a little bit longer you know what can I do over here
0: tell me a little bit more about how you were uh, taking care of your characters Just talking about the allocation uh, when you level up you obviously level up in your stats but you get granted these two bonus points that you can apply to the attack the defense your special moves your luck that kind of stuff how were you balancing out your characters
2: at very first in the game uh, I, I when I went through the instruction booklet it was talking about you know so-and- so is good at this and that and so-and so is good at this and that and weak at this and that and everything and so the way I interpreted it was okay this guy is naturally good at this so like Tenshinhan is naturally good with technique I think so maybe I should level up his technique So that I'll have a reason for him to be really good at it, not realizing that his technique actually already levels up more Mm. than the rest of his stuff. So, you know, very early in the game, before uh, the uh, 23rd Budokai, I had basically leveled everybody's specialties up pretty far. And then after that, I realized, oh, wait... I see these other points are to help balance out the other stuff or whatever. (laughs) You know, I don't have to put them to the stuff they're good at because they're already good at it. Right. So that's when I finally started, you know, getting some, you know, getting some balance going on, but still it's way unproportioned. Like for example, uh, Yamcha, he's probably my weakest character, but he's probably way beyond faster than anybody else. I mean, you know, he always gets first turn because, early on in the game, I just gave him so many points towards his speed, which he's naturally good at, and then, you know, getting him up to, like, 70 something, you know, his speed is just ungodly now.
0: Oh, man, I can imagine that because, yeah, Yamcha's always the one going first for me as well, and unlike you, you know, I don't read the book, I just start playing, and eventually, you know, five hours in, I start saying, ah, oh, crap, it's already allocating this much for me, alright, I'm gonna try and balance him out a little better than what I have been doing. Anything else you want to say about the gameplay? I feel like saying it's Final Fantasy Light is enough, and You have about six status effects that you can combat against, and you can apply these capsules to you that'll grant you things like, all right, you uh, can walk across lightning, or you can walk across ice without it giving you damage. So you can kind of customize your experience a little bit that way. But beyond equipping your characters with armor and their accessories and upgrading their stats, it's simple enough, I think, once you dig in, and it's not overboard with uh, number management that it, it would be too daunting for someone to jump into at least that's how I feel.
2: yeah it's actually uh, it's actually really simple. I mean when it comes to uh, you know number management, I mean once I realized exactly you know how the allocating of points worked you know which maybe not that far into the game. Uh, I mean it was still technically the beginning of the game you know I uh, I got it pretty well and this is coming from somebody who barely plays RPGs. The uh, items and all that, you know, there's really not too many of them. And usually if there's a good one, it's a really good one. And otherwise, you know, you don't even really need to worry about them. Right. And uh, the the stuff that you're talking about, like uh, being able to walk through lightning and stuff like that, you know, there's some really good items. Like, for example, I normally kept uh, the uh, heavy karate outfit, the Shinron's Blessing, which is basically all that stuff like the poison gas and the lightning and all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you can walk through pretty much anything. Right. And uh, the dragon radar up the whole time, so I don't know. All I have to say is uh, about the gameplay is uh, during the battles. Uh, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of uh, like they were trying to do an updated version of the stuff you would see in like uh, the Legend of the Super Saiyan on uh, Super Famicom. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know how with all the you know speed line effects mm, and you know right, stuff right. to really you know replicate you know how the show feels and everything you know like even with basic attacks they would run in and you'd see like the flurry of fists and feet you know or uh, the way they'd knock people into the air and knock them into a wall or something and the way everyone would teleport around Right, right. you know that that was something that really did it for me.
0: Yeah I think one of my favorites is Piccolo where he knocks them off screen, extends his arm off screen and then drags them back on and starts pummeling them again.
2: Yeah I actually remember when I first uh, played as Piccolo I tried out that combo because I think you get it right off the yeah, 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 and uh, I saw him do that, and I was just like, wow, that's what they're giving you just at the beginning of the game? <laughs> I know, I know. You know, that's that, that's that's pretty amazing. I can't wait to see some of the other attacks you get. Yeah, and
0: it, it ramps it up pretty well that Goku's meteor combination, I think what it's called, is kind of the Kamehameha that he uses on Raditz, sort of, or maybe against Piccolo, actually, I think it is, from the 23rd Budokai, where he spins around and then up in the air, fires it down. I don't know what, what else there is to say about it. Um, when you're in battles... You have to pay attention because you can do that active guarding, which I like. So you can't just sit back and just keep pressing A over and over and grind it out. Yeah, actually pay attention to what you're playing. So props to them for that.
2: Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would have to say is uh, you know, going back to uh, Legend of the Super Saiyan again, mm-hmm the one thing that you know I, I was comparing it to that because that's the only other Dragon Ball RPG I can think of that I've played you know the only thing that I liked about Legend of the super saiyan better was the way you traveled around the world map and like that budokai 3 kind of way mm, yeah it, it would have been nice I mean because I know the DS has the power to do it it would have been nice to go around the world map something a little bit more like that than you know Just a uh, you have this little yeah you have this little cursor and it's like hey um how about you go over here and walk around <laughs> for a while because you know you're the strongest people on earth right. and this is you know the cyan arc let's not fly
0: <laughs> it's so true it's so true i feel like there are a couple of budget areas where everything else seemed overproduced and the world map is just a map with a box
2: yeah but that, that was really like the only thing besides the besides the little dialogue the emotes and, you know, cursor box world map thing, you know, pretty much everything. I liked pretty much everything about the game. You know, my only tip is, you know, don't level too much right away. <laughs> that's true. Otherwise, there will be no challenge. I mean, I beat Broly in like five minutes.
0: Oh, you spoiled it. <laughs> oh, no, the, it's edit fine. It no. Edit it out. Edit it out. No, <laughs> no. Keeping it in. I think people know by now is super special boss, of course, because it's a game these days, Is Broly's got to be in there. That,
2: that's probably like the first thing I found out about Yeah, it. me too. um,
0: <laughs> so. uh, before we wrap it up let me get a couple of thoughts from you on the story itself in the game because we do have some added filler amazingly enough where everyone's doing some side adventures where you think you're about to go do your training but you know you get up to Kyo's, and before he actually trains you he says oh by the way and was having trouble uh raditz's spirit is causing problems down in a forest why don't you go take care of that
2: yeah, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. Me being, uh, for the most part, a manga fanboy, and here I am playing filler the game, <laughs> right. which uh, is you know even more ironic considering in Japan it's a Dragon Ball Kai game. <laughs> no,
0: it makes it absolutely so, hilarious. I don't
2: know. It was it was fun though. You know, it was interesting because I mean, when I got to the parts that I already knew in the story, you know, uh, like sometimes like during the Vegeta battle at the end, you know, there were some parts like right towards the very end where I'm I'm just kind of like, okay, I want to get to the next fight, and I'm skipping through stuff when I can. Right. You know, because I just watched these episodes on the Dragon Box, you know, the other day. So I'm just kind of like, uh but with, you know, the stuff like what you were talking about, oh, yeah, and was having some trouble, you know go here and do this, you know, I actually stood around and, you know, listened to, you know, what was going on. And it was nice. And it was kind of refreshing to pad out the game when you're actually interacting with it.
0: I'm with you. I think it's another case where I'm having conflicting thoughts. So though, where I do want that new material to make it a little fresh. So I don't feel like yeah, I just watched it. Let me press start to skip it. And what's the point of even playing if I'm just going to skip it, but then some of them, I don't know. Running around with Bubbles and Gregory.
2: I, I thought running around with Bubbles and Gregory was kind of funny. Uh it, it, I mean, it's just kind of like, really? Bubbles and Gregory? But still, <laughs> it was like, really? Bubbles and Gregory? Right. That's funny. Really, I think uh original material is going to be put into Dragon Ball games in the future. I would rather it be more like this rather than, like, I don't know, Shinburo Kai 2.
0: You know, I've only played the first one. What is so terrible about the second one's story that just made it so horrible in people's minds?
2: The second one's story... Um, I didn't listen to the whole thing as I was playing through because, because it looked so much like bad fan fiction, right. you know, just like a few cutscenes into well, it. Well, like, described it. Yeah, uh, essentially what they're trying to do is every single playable character in that game, they're trying to find a way to bring them into the story. Oh, okay. At point, over and over. It's like, okay. So they brought back Frieza from hell. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to go kill him now. So I did. And Oh, by the way, um, uh, cloned Frieza's spirit four or five times and he's attacking various cities. <laughs> uh, even though he's been killed twice, thrice already,
0: gotcha. uh, go
2: fight a bunch of Frieza's, you know, or, uh, Uh, Here's Bardock. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why, but here he is, uh, helping you out. So yeah, it was it was just the fact that they tried to work every possible playable character into the story mode when you know they already had their own stories in a little arcade mode.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Where something a little more streamlined and tied into a grander story, just to make it feel like a I don't know a grander adventure.
2: Right, you know, just uh, mix it up with the familiar material so that you know you have the familiar material to walk to fall back on, but right. at the same time you've got this new stuff for everybody who's going to play. You know, like sparking 17 or something.
0: (laughs) All right. So Josh, you have finished the game. I'm probably, I think three quarters of the way in judging by the missions and that kind of stuff. Uh, what are your, um, I guess I'll get your final thoughts on it since you're done with it. Would, would you recommend it? What kind of audience would you recommend it to?
2: I would, I would recommend it to like, I recommend it to a friend of mine who plays Pokemon because, and who plays like Final Fantasy and stuff yeah. because he wanted an RPG to play that wasn't too time consuming. It's like, oh, well it's a DS RPG and it's a licensed game. It's not going to take up that much of your time, but it was done really well for what it is. And I would definitely recommend it to Dragon Ball fans because I mean, it's, something original an original way to interact with the story you know besides you know hey uh go fight this guy okay you know go fight this guy (laughs) right so uh
0: i think we're both overdone with
2: that yeah but yeah overall uh it's, it's really good. Uh, I, You could probably get it done in about 20 hours. I've, I've played it for up to 40, but that's because I felt like getting Goku up to level 99 and seeing how broken the game would be. Right, right. But uh, it's a good game. It's definitely worth, uh, what is it, like 30 bucks? Um, yeah, it's
0: 30 retail. It's 20 on Amazon right now.
2: Yeah, well, 20 then. It's definitely worth 20. I mean, you know, if, if people are waiting for a price drop, that's fine too. But if you're any sort of interested in RPGs at all and you want something that's not too heavy you know that you can just pick up and play for a little bit then uh, it's definitely worth the thirty dollars you know it'll it'll eat up about 20 hours of your time before you know you get really far into it
0: I think that's about where I'm at as well you know I'm looking for something that's about that length I don't I don't have time to sink into a 40 60 hour you know main story without side quests RPG looking for something that's <laughs> I've talked about this on this show and other shows I like easy games just so I can enjoy the experience and you know, mix it up with some other other games at the same time not have to worry about what's going on. And it's familiar territory. I like how you mentioned you can fall back onto that when you're not doing the uh, extraneous side quests. I think this is what I was looking for right now. And even though it's not amazing in every respect, I think it does just about everything well enough that it was satisfying that RPG itch for me at the moment. But then at the same time, I really want to drop it and start playing Chrono Trigger because I've never played that before.
2: Uh, Well, uh, I think uh, if Dragon Ball had more RPGs RPGs out there, like as many as they had fighting games out there. This game, we'd probably be going, oh god! One, yeah. But you know, with all the sparkings and all the budokais and everything, and and all that, you know, this is uh like uh, like Dragon Ball DS was, you know, or like how uh, Tenkaichi Dibulken was, you know, uh, those were uh, you know, it, it was fresh, even though it wasn't great it was fresh.
0: Right, it's not fresh gaming, but it's fresh for Dragon Ball, and that's kind of what we need right now. Exactly. Alright, well, I'm not done. I've probably got another I don't know, I'm wildly guessing due to the nature of the way I grind and what the story is left I think i got about five hours left in the game, but we'll see. I think I'm 17 18 in. I'll be doing a full written review on the game that we'll be putting up on the site but thank you so much for joining me. It's lovely to get fresh voices on the show and people that have decent microphones and know what they're talking about, and that kind of guy.
2: Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I, it, it was quite the surprise, you know. I'm, I'm happy to be here.
0: So uh, do you have anything you want to plug before we're uh, done with you for the show?
2: I have a YouTube channel. Sometimes I talk about Dragon Ball stuff, uh, youtube.com slash kendamu, K-E-N-D-A-M-U. Uh, and I also have a blog, which I uh, plug when I make new entries on my Twitter account. That's twitter.com slash kendamu. So, you know, if people want to follow me around and see what I do with my life, uh, there you go.
0: Excellent. I love it when it's simple or it's the same username everywhere.
2: Yeah, definitely. I I try and do that. Uh, I mean, I've I've got two usernames and that's mostly the one I use for Dragon Ball stuff.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, Kendamu, Josh, thanks for joining us on the show. And uh, here's hoping if an actual sequel comes out, we'll talk to you again then. Looks like there's four things coming out in December. I'll get you going here. December 4th on a Friday. I can't believe this is still going. I always think it's going to be the last volume in this series, but we've got another one. The TV version anime comics Dragon Ball Z Majin Bu Fukatsu Hen, or Revival Chapter or Arc, whatever you want to call it. Volume 6. Yeah, it turns out I wasn't the last. Now we got 6. Coming out from Shueisha, this is, as Julian loves to put it, the redundantly redundant manga. 730 and over in Japan. Mary, I hate to do this to you but tell me what's up in spain
1: all right in spain on wednesday december 9th we've got the dragon ball z dragon box volume 7 region 2 pal dvd release these are sets of two disc packs that were previously released this is 10 discs covering episodes 248 through 291 retailing for 59.95 euros and get more info on zonadvd.com the same day dragon ball volume 1 remastered edition la saga del oh (laughs) jesus Okay, wait. Oh, sorry. This is what I get for not, like, previewing what, you know, scanning with my eyes what I have to say. I just go into it. La Saga del 21 21 Torrento de Artes Marciales. It sounds to me like the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai.
0: Yes, Mary, is episodes 1 through 28. Okay, so yeah.
1: yeah. Thanks. Uh, again, reaching to PAL Discs, six discs total. Like you said, episodes 1 through 28 with lots of languages. Japanese, Castilian, Catalan, Basque, and I can't read that last one. Garlic? Garlican. Galician Garlic? garlic.
0: <laughs> yes, it's in garlic, Mary.
1: <laughs> the subtitles are in Castilian. Uh, this retails for 49.95 euros. Again, we got a link uh, on Zona DV.
0: That reminds me of making fun of what the subtitles are there in the languages. I'm pretty sure on the original 1997 release on DVD of DBZ Movie 1, Dead Zone, from Funimation Pioneer, there is a Namekian subtitle selection you can make. And if you pick it, it's just some weird picture of Piccolo or something with some funny line about how you can't view it or something (laughs) like that. Anyway, last thing we got in December. On the 18th Dragon Ball Kai DVD, this is the single disc volume four episodes 10 through 12 of kai on the dvds they are 16 by 9 cropped in standard definition msrp is 2940 yen cd japan's got a pre-order of 2800 amazon japan's where it's at with 2176 for a pre-order with releases done very very few in december let's hit some emails Mary, Elliot is asking us here, what would you say is your first memory that is directly connected to Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z, like buying your first sub, reading your first manga chapter, first reading about it, etc.? What is your first memory of it?
1: Um, might be a tie for two things, because really I don't know what came first. Chicken or the so, egg? So, yeah. I'm going to say my first is, I picked up uh, my first issue of An America because I saw it in a comic book store. I bought it solely because I had Sailor Moon on the cover and I had just gotten into Sailor Moon Okay, as I was thumbing through it had an article i guess about um anime currently and in the past on american television and there was a really pretty one-page spread of dragon ball with like a group shot and a little description and all mm-hmm. that and either shortly after that or it might have happened before i grabbed this magazine i actually saw dragon ball dubbed on tv either before or after sailor moon like <laughs> dead early morning on tv yeah it'd be like 5 five thirty 30 a.m this is 1995 yeah. Right, right. So it was one of those two. It was my first exposure in reading about uh, Dragon Ball, and one of those two is my first memory. Gotcha.
0: I have two answers for you. One is, I didn't know what it was at the time, and then it's my first kind of self-aware, realizing what it is I'm looking and talking about. I've talked about this before, is I was a big EGM reader in the early, mid-90s. You know, you're a kid growing up, you love video games, you read EGM. It was the best magazine that was out there. So all the letter art there would be in the back would have these golden hair characters, like, what the hell is this game? I've never heard of this before. I've never seen this in stores. And then they would occasionally do those wonderful multi-page previews about Japanese games. And I know I have scans for a bunch of them, uh, up from an old podcast episode. Maybe I'll try to link that with this. I believe I have the Super Butoden 3 one from Super Famicom, uh, all scanned up. So that was the first time I ever remember seeing it, but I had no idea what it was. And then, of course, the first time I ever consciously was aware of what I was doing and seeing and enjoying was after DBZ first aired in syndication here in the US 1996. After episode one, uh, my buddy Ryan gave me a call and told me to watch episode two of it the next week. So I can't say that I came in pre Funimation or with the very first episode. Mary, you got me beat by a year oh, yeah. with seeing the original dub. I have no problem saying that Funimation bringing it over here allowed me to you know, kind of learn about it and see it and that kind of stuff. Those are my uh, earliest memories. About Dragon Ball. Mary, could you read me here? We have an email from Jackie Chan.
1: Wow. That's phenomenal. Alright, on the forums, a lot of time I see that when someone asks why Funimation didn't finish the Ultimate Uncut Editions, people reply from what I've seen is that they say if they did finish them, there would be no need for the Dragon Boxes in the US, but they already did do full screen releases for Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball GT. So my question is, are the people on the forums right? And is that what would have happened with Z, or are they just guessing and we still would have gotten the Dragon Boxes?
0: Here's the thing I really need to make clear. Any prediction anyone has ever made about what Funimation will do with DBZ has turned up wrong. We never, never know. And the amazing thing is it's always great for business. They always do fantastically whatever they do with the DBZ. And I think that's what drives us nuts.
1: No matter how much people get pissed off, right, they still absolutely. end up making money.
0: We don't know what the behind-the-scene reasons were for the cancellation of the Ultimate Uncut Edition release on DVD followed by the season set.
1: I have a theory, and that is just... Um... Um, single single releases yeah. are going the way of the Dodo. And that, that was, was the kind of, time.
0: That was the tail end of, can we really keep doing this? They got, I think, 27 episodes in. it was nine volumes. They just couldn't sustain that going forward for probably another year or so up through the end of the Namek arc where they would have gotten to episode 67. So in some capacity, I think it was a good idea to cut their losses there and even to cut their losses with the fans. Problem was what came next, which was the Orange Brick season sets beginning in 2007. Now, if they had completed the Ultimate Uncut Edition, whether it was single discs or if they moved into thin packs with them, if they had completed a 4x3 release of 1 through 67, and then we already had 4x3 uh, hybrid releases of 67 through, or 68 through 291, would we have needed a Dragon Box? Well, no one really needs a Dragon Box release. It was something we really, really wanted, and it had more to do with the treatment the show got. Incompleteness. completeness. completeness, I mean, in theory, I mean. I mean,
1: we have the majority of the series with the old single releases, just, you know, not counting the 1 through 60, whatever. Um, But for the most part, that was the whole rest of the series, and that was good enough for a while. But given that, you know, this pristine version exists in Japan, you know, it was one of those, it's not a must-have, but it would be nice to have. It was nice to have, definitely.
0: And Funimation was really, at this point, moving towards consistent releases for everything. I mean, you look at what they were doing with Yu Yu Hakusho, it was, all right, we did all the singles, let's go back and do nicer, more compact versions of everything. This is just where the industry was moving. It's where Funimation was themselves leading the industry. Then we got the orange bricks, and you know that just, that was a whole different conversation, and luckily one that is basically over at this point, which makes us feel pretty good. So your question of, I don't even know what your questions are anymore. Are people right that if they completed the Ultimate Uncuts, we wouldn't have gotten the Dragon Boxes? I don't think so. It seems pretty clear that since Funimation did it, they've been interested in doing it, or for whatever reason, it became financially viable and
1: profitable for them to do it. I don't know. I don't. I know. mean, it all boils down to they're not going to do something if it's not going to be profitable. Right. And you got old farts like us, are like, yeah, I'll take our money.
0: <laughs> it's a great point to make. Funny Nation is wholly owned by Navarre, who is a public company. Their goal is to make as much money as possible. Fans be damned. Yeah. Unless what they do for fans makes them the most money.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't just, you know, a kind gesture out of the goodness of their heart. I mean, yeah, it's totally sweet and they make really, they didn't it. have to do this, but no, no. there's something in the, something in the stars that says, uh, bringing dragon boxes to America is potentially profitable. I'm st- happy. I still think the most logical
0: thing for them to have done would have been, all right, we finished the orange Bricks on DVD, we've got 1080 prints of those, let's do Blu-rays of those. For whatever reason, that didn't, didn't make the most business. No, I don't think it does with. because of
1: Kai's existence. I, I
0: think that is definitely what's going on. Is Kai kind of negates whatever plans they may have had for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Even though it is a totally different treatment in that you know it's far less episodes, mm-hmm. it's censored. They could have said, you know, different Oh, we have music. a one up on Japan. We have. A high def release of Dragon Ball Z. It just lacks a lot of details and the cropping and whatnot. Well, I mean, I guess Kai's cropped too, isn't it? Well, the
0: Blu-ray release isn't.
1: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, but they get the whole wacky aspect ratio and definition. Oh, God, makes my brain hurt.
0: Dragon Ball releases, giving us fantastic conversations since and migraines and migraines since 1995. Mary, if people have questions, comments, concerns, all that good stuff, they can send us emails. Where are those yeah. going to? You
1: send your emails to podcast at diezx.com. P o d c a s t at d a i z e x dot com. You can also find us on Twitter uh, as a group, dizex d a i z e x for site news and announcements, and individually as Vegeto Ex, Saya Jedi, and Mary T
0: And of course, I will plug the Facebook page. Very easy to get to. Facebook.com slash daizex, D-A-I-Z-E-X. I I put up uh, links to new things that are going up on the site. I posted up links to uh, those video game deals before they're going up on the website. So it's a great way to keep in contact. If you're not into forums, the cool kids are still on Facebook these days, and I just have to man up and acknowledge that. Are you saying
1: your forum's not cool? I
0: said no such thing. Okay. We will talk all about that next week on the show. (laughs) Before we uh, wrap it up, though, let us reiterate our contests. Next week, episode 200, we are giving away, like I said, Raging Blast on the PS3 and a dragon box. The former coming to us from Namco Bandai and the latter coming from Tanuki Kordibo. I love getting boxes from him because things just magically show up. He's such a good guy and I'm pretty convinced he is just uh, donning a ski mask and jumping on the back of trucks and stealing shit to give away on the show. <laughs> Let's hope not. I'm 90% sure he's involved in the mafia, but whatever. <laughs> Guys, you can enter both contests, but you can only enter each of them once. Mary, give us the details. How do people enter these contests?
1: All right. Well, let's say you just want Raging Blast. You send an email to contest at diezx.com and in the subject line, put in Raging Blast. If you want just the Dragon Box, likewise, send an email to contest at with the subject line Dragon Box. If you want to win both, then you send two emails, one with the subject line for Raging Blast and one with the subject line of Dragon Box, and we will sort them out appropriately. We'll do the brain work, don't worry. So, in the emails themselves, the body can be anything that you want it to be. You can make us laugh, tell a story, whatever. It doesn't help your chances, but it gives us entertainment, and that's important. I've been
0: reading some funny stuff. People are really hilarious, I gotta say. Maybe I'll sort through and we'll read some of the best stories on yeah. the show. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, folks, I do want to say, it does not matter where in the world you live. People have writing and saying, "Uh, I'm not sure, can I enter? Yes, you absolutely can. Just be aware that Raging Blast is the North American release on PS3 and the Dragon Boxes NTSC Regions 1 and 4. Though if you're a Dragon Ball fan, by now you usually know how to do whatever you need to do with your digital and optical media. Just putting that out there. Random drawings next week on the show. And Like I have said, the prizes that we've said so far, that's not it. There is more going on here. We will divulge all of the details I'm hoping next week when we give away the prizes and maybe more than what has already been said folks the deadline is Friday December 4th at 11.59pm Eastern Time get in your entries by then full details over on the website linked off the homepage get all the info yet again there Mary we're done episode 199 we're gonna see you next week for 200 and our little shindig get together of course you will next week we're gonna talk about community beyond that we have a lots of great stuff coming for you. We've got our manga review of Awesomeness, which will be probably a week or so delayed. That's all right. It's all for you folks. I believe we're going to be on volume 32. Does that sound about right? I forget. All right. Uh, we got three new Japanese CDs showing up hopefully uh, Monday or Tuesday, so i got even more review writing ahead of me. God damn it. We're going to do a great episode very soon talking about martial arts, the inspiration, and homages in the show with Kunzai 83 from our forum. Incredibly knowledgeable. I cannot wait for people to learn all about that stuff uh when julian finally sends me my mail we'll cover the jump anime tour dvd just putting it out there and i always write at the end here yamcha in parentheses lols because every time we say we're going to cover yamcha some giant announcement comes out and it gets pushed
1: off you never get to give yamcha his episode poor yamcha
0: it's actually the thing i really want to do a piccolo character you've always been, been saying it yeah really want to talk about
1: him. So we're going to try and get some uh,
0: in-universe discussion back in the mix here as well, because that's good material. Uh, Mary, that's it. one ninety-nine. Thank you. You want to plug TOT?
1: Sure. My site is Temple of Trunks. You can find that at wwwt And I forget how many years I've been running it now. Uh, when do I celebrate my anniversary? Like, March?
0: I was January 98. I think you decided you were either February or March that same year. Right. So I'm coming up on 12th, and so you will be as well. Whoa. Neat. God damn. A dozen years of these stupid websites talking about the I haven't been active show. online for about five. So, no. <laughs> true. You win. Oh, fun. All right. Mary, you there. Julian and I. X, www.d-a-i-z-e-x.com. Check it out there on the website, on the forum, in our chat, on our Facebook page, on our Twitter page. We are all over the entire web. We'll see you next week with the show on 200. Hopefully, we're going to see a bunch of you at our little shindig party in New Brunswick. Until then, for Mary here. Bye bye. For Julian. Awesome. And <laughs> I love when you are Julian. No, he he's sounds real... a lot
1: cooler than that.
0: He does, but his stash, I think he's just going to start twirling it like an evil madman from the 30s. We minute. need to get him a monocle. <laughs> Julian, make it happen. My name is Mike Fujito EX, and we'll see you next week for 200.
1: Thank you for listening to Chewy EX, the podcast. Look forward to seeing you next time.